Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Church gives us a, a real smorgasbord of scripture that we could feast on. There's just so much. And sometimes there's just too much. There's sometimes there's too much to reflect on. So I want to direct our attention just to one verse from the first reading that we have from the book of Revelation. Just one verse to wrestle with throughout the day, to think about, to integrate, to chew on, to be challenged by. Um, it's like a piece of gum I'm giving you this morning. You get to chew on all day. Here, here was what we hear. The Lord says, those whom I love, I reprove and chastise. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. That's the verse. Scripture is challenging us. It's correcting our skewed view of who the Father is and what we think we should be getting from our Heavenly Father, right, who loves us. All of us, throughout the course of our life as disciples, as Christians, we are putting together an image of who the Father is, and there's pieces of this that are real and pieces of this, pieces of this image that are skewed or false. And scripture is correcting that, right? Filling in the pieces. This is not true. This is real, right? Because most people, most people, I think, they don't want a heavenly father. I think most people want a heavenly grandfather. Here's the distinction. This comes from C.S. Lewis. No offense to any grandfathers. I love grandfathers. C.S. Lewis says this, we want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven, a senile benevolence who, as they say, liked to see young people enjoying themselves and whose plan for the universe was simply that it might be truly said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all. The Lord says, those whom I love, I reprove. I reprove. Definition of the word reprove to correct, usually gently or with kindly intent. I love that. It's an expression of the Father's heart when, it's an expression of the Father's love when we feel him correcting us. Right? Jesus, at the end of the gospel that we just heard, what does he say? The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. That all of those people in this town, they had an image of what God's love was like, how God was meant to interact with them. And here he is entering into relationship with this chief tax collector. This is not who I'm like, is what he's saying. I'm not who you think I am. This is not how I am, right? Those whom I love, I reprove. Those whom I love, I reprove, right? When we feel the Father correcting us, it's, it's a sign of his love. Like, when he's challenging our status quo, when he's moving us to new places, right? When he's inviting us to think about things differently, to approach things differently, to let go of certain sins or patterns of behavior, right? This is the Father's love. This is the Father's love. And the church that Christ founded is a family, right? It's a family which on every level has mothers and fathers, has mothers and fathers, right? Christ instituted a hierarchy not for the sake of ruling or domineering over the bride. He instituted the hierarchy to incarnate the Father's love, to be a perpetual reminder to the bride that you are, 
Your first and primary mission is one of receptivity. He instituted the hierarchy to, to reveal his love, which in times involves reproof, in times which involves correction. Those whom I love, I reprove. And then he says, those whom I love, I chastise. Okay, deep breaths right here. This is, this is the father's heart too. Those of you who've had children, who've raised children, I imagine there were many moments in your parenting where you punished your children, right? Being grounded for a day, being grounded for a week, no, no desserts for a week. That was one that destroyed me when I was like in fifth grade. No desserts for a week? Are, do you want to kill me, right? No hanging out with friends on the weekends, some extra chores. Remember one of my buddies, he had to clean the basement. They had an unfinished basement. He had to clean the basement with a toothbrush, the concrete floor with a toothbrush. It's like that scene in Forrest Gump, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what did you do, right? Ask yourself, right? When you punished your children, when you chastised them, was it an expression of hate? Or was it an expression, or did it flow from your love for them, right? I would hope, I would imagine, maybe there were moments when you, there was some mixed motives, but I would imagine that there were mo moments when in the punishment, in the chastisement, it was because you loved them, right? My parents, all the punishments, all the times I, were grounded, I was grounded or spanked or any of those things, it's because my parents love me. It was because they love me, right? I need you to realize how serious this offense was. I need you to realize that this decision you made, I need you to know that this was bad. I need you to realize that decisions like this are bad and bad for you. That's what makes them bad because to do this, to continue in this way of being, is going to lead you down a path that's so self-destructive. It's going to limit your future. And it's going to prevent you from being the kind of flourishing young man, young woman that you are meant to be. So yeah, I'm going to hone in on this and there's going to be some chastisement. Does the Lord punish? Yes. Does he chastise? Yes. Because he's teaching. Because he's forming. He's molding. He's correcting. Because he's a father. Because he's fathering us into glory. He's fathering us into glory. Now, another great 20th century English writer, J.R.R. Tolkien, who was a Catholic, the author of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, also a fundamental in C.S. Lewis's own conversion, he once wrote this. He said, a divine punishment is also a divine gift, if accepted, since its object is ultimate blessing, and the supreme inventiveness of the Creator will make punishments, that is, changes of design produce a good not otherwise to be attained. See what he's saying there, like through the Lord's creative inventiveness that he, he can use anything to bring about our conversion, to bring about that ultimate end of blessing and beatitude. Right? Those whom I love, the Lord says, I reprove and chastise. This is challenging, right? It's meant to challenge, like what do I think I'm owed by God? Do I think I'm owed a life of no correction, no punishment, no challenge. If that's the case, then I don't want to be fathered. I want to be simply affirmed. But that's not the God we have. We have a God who has revealed himself as Father, right? A God who's revealed himself as saying, I want the highest good for you. That's what I want. I want you to spend eternity with me. So invitation to reflect deeply on the heart of the Father and maybe thinking about where we're at 
in terms of our own personal walk and journey, what are you doing in my life right now, Father? Is this an expression of your reproof? Is this an expression of your chastisement? Are you course correcting me? Are you trying to bring me to a deeper place? If so, it's simply because he loves you. Amen.